0: How Thoughts Project. H. Spencer Lewis, FRC, co founder and imperator from 1915 to 1939 of the Rosicrucian Order, AMORC. In these days, when so much is being written about the transmission of thought and its effect upon persons and conditions, it would seem that thought projection would be generally accepted as a fact. And that arguments would not be necessary to prove the metaphysical laws involved however there are many persons who are skeptical and there are many more who believe that such a demonstration of metaphysical laws is occasional or accidental and not the result of a scientific process which all may study practice and master not many years ago i recall A large group of men and women met each month in New York City for the purpose of investigating and testing this and other metaphysical ideas. The phenomenon of thought projection was then defined as the sending forth of a thought held in the mind of a person or a group of persons. It was claimed that by the use of some newly discovered mystical law, The person in whose mind the thought originated could willfully and successfully send that thought through space to a given point of hundreds of experiments conducted by the members of this special investigating society only about 20 percent were successful when the experiments were successful they were not performed in accordance with the theoretical processes attempted in other experiments also there seemed an element of chance that involved the operation of some unknown law that controlled both the transmission and the reception of such thoughts. There are certain principles involved in the projection of thought that are easily demonstrated. They show that the process is due to certain laws not heretofore publicly explained. The Rosicrucians have been successful in the practice of this art for many centuries, and I believe that such success is due as much to knowledge of the physical laws of the universe as to the metaphysical ones. The attempt by psychologists, mystics, and so-called occultists to explain thought projection on purely metaphysical grounds has led to idle experimentation with the same low percentage of definite results as under test conditions. It is no wonder that scientific people of a materialistic trend and a large portion of the rational public have refused to accept the mystical explanations. The tendency of students of mysticism and metaphysics to write and talk glibly about scientific things while being unfamiliar with even the most elementary principles of metaphysics and chemistry, cosmology, and ontology has led scientific minds to cast all metaphysical and mystical postulations into the scrap basket. Energy and Thoughts The Rosicrucians contend that a thought is the result of certain mental processes involving mental energies brought to a concentration or circularization where these energies are focalized and embodied in one unit of expression. It might be said that a thought is like a spark, produced by bringing two wires with electric energies in them to a given point where they contact for a moment. Focalize the energy in them and produce the momentary entity or manifestation of their energy, which we call an electric spark. A thought held for a certain length of time is like a spark that is prolonged by keeping the wires so related that the current in them meets and exchanges polarity rapidly and freely enough to maintain the spark. The only difference is that a thought, complete, perfect, and lacking nothing in its composition, To be a perfect expression of a rational idea, probably has many streams of energy focalizing themselves at one point, rather than merely two, as with the electric wires. Modern scientists have found that the nerve energy and impulses in the human body are truly comparable to the electrical energy with which we are familiar. The brain energy, then, and the energy used in thinking are drawn from the nerve energy of the body and are unquestionably of some frequency or phase of the vital energy that exists in the human system. We are tempted, therefore, to compare a thought with a spark created in the transmission equipment of a radio station. Before the days of radio, the wireless transmission of signals was limited almost exclusively to the making of such sparks by the pressing of a key. Such electric impulses were supposed to set up waves which floated on and through the suppositional ether in all directions, thus making an impression upon sensitive receptors identical in nature with the original spark. This tendency, then, to think of a thought as analogous to a higher spark has led us to explanations which involve not only the suppositional ether, but also other hypothetical elements. From the Rosicrucian viewpoint, A thought does not transmit itself in the manner in which an electric spark is supposed to transmit itself through the ether. The thought does not constitute a disturbance of the tranquility and static condition of the ether and produce waves that radiate in undulations in all directions. The old analogy for this idea was that a stone dropped into a body of smooth water would produce waves that would radiate in all directions and cause an impulsive movement of some object floating on the surface of the water, At a distant point such analogy necessitated the substitution of an imaginary ether for the body of water where if a thought traveled in waves like the waves on the surface of the water there had to be something invented to take the place of the water cosmic mind consistent it is now known that the cosmic consciousness or cosmic mind is an inflexible, consistent mass or energy of a very high rate of cosmic vibrations, pervading all space and making continuous and definite contact with the consciousness of all living creatures. It is not intangible in the sense that its existence cannot be definitely established or sensed by human faculties, but it is invisible and superior to any of the limitations of material elements of lower vibrations. You may have noticed that on entering a room where all the doors and windows were closed, opening and closing one door would cause the windows to rattle lightly in their frames. Rapidly moving a door or swinging it two or three inches one way or the other would cause a movement in other parts of the room. This was due to the invisible atmosphere of the room which like a solid composition of some kind filled all the space of the room so that pressing at one side by opening the door against it would cause a pressure against the windows at the opposite side of the room native americans could listen to the approach of distant horse riders by pressing an ear to earth and hearing the tapping of the horse's feet on the ground in isolated places in the united states when i have wanted to know whether a train was approaching the station I have pressed my ear to the rails and heard the thumping of the engine two or three miles distant when it could not be seen or heard otherwise. In these cases, sound or contact impressions have been submitted through solid bodies, not in the form of waves floating on the surface but in the nature of pressure upon the solid matter, which transmits itself automatically from one end to the other without loss of its identity. Likewise, Every living consciousness on earth is in contact in some manner or to some degree with a cosmic mind, for the cosmic consciousness is simply the sum total of the consciousness of every living creature. We might compare this universal consciousness to a large checkerboard with its squares. If we were to put a pencil dot in the center of each square and call the dot the consciousness of a living creature and the rest of the square around it the aura of the consciousness of each person, we would see that because all of these squares touch each other, the consciousness of all and the checkerboard itself actually constitute the universal consciousness. If one of the minds in the center of one of the squares caused a thought impulse in its own square, the impulse would be felt by all the other squares on the board, just as a tapping at one end of a board would be felt at any one of the other points along it. In the first experiments years ago, It was recognized that some persons were more receptive to transmitted impressions than were others this would not mean that they had more contact with the cosmic consciousness but that they had quickened awakened and thereby developed a greater degree of sensitivity to the impressions being received the student of music gradually develops a greater sensitivity to tone values and, after a time, is able to detect very slight variations in the tone of any given note. The artist is able to develop a greater degree of appreciation of tones and color. The architect and draftsman develop sensitivity to straight and curved lines and have a keen appreciation of the horizontal or vertical correctness of a line. The Rosicrucians learned centuries ago What exercises and principles could be used by the average person to develop the faculties of the inner self so that impressions might be received and instantly recognized? Such development is always accompanied by the increased functioning of the faculties for transmitting ideas and impressions. Even those who are not interested in metaphysical laws discover that certain definite results manifest when they apply certain principles. This should make plain that the rosicrucian teachings deal with the development and application of the faculties and functionings of the inner self and are based upon scientific principles they are easily demonstrated and are used effectively for furthering one's best interest and for overcoming unfortunate conditions